Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Call Third Strike, a new podcast on FayObserver.com. I'm Sonny Jones. Hope you will tune in each week as we talk about the woodpeckers, swamp dogs, region colleges, high school, major leagues, and minor leagues, and spread the word about the podcast. The podcast also should be available on iTunes or your favorite podcast service on Android. Let's step up to the plate and take our swings, or a called third strike. The Fayetteville Woodpeckers have their manager, Nate Shaver, a 32-year-old native of Oregon, will lead the Woodpeckers in 2019 as the team begins play at their new downtown stadium. Shaver was a coach last season at Bowie's Creek under former manager Morgan Ensberg. The called Third Strike podcast had a chance to speak with Shaver about becoming manager. Here's that interview. And for our first called Third Strike podcast of the 2019 season, we're happy to have as our guest Nate Shaver, who has been named the manager of the Fayetteville Woodpeckers, the first manager in Woodpeckers history. Nate, first of all, congratulations on being named to the team as the manager. And you are familiar with the area because for folks that don't know, you were part of the Bowie's Creek uh, coaching staff last week, with or last year, I should say, with the Astros. So first of all, congratulations. How's it feel to be the first manager in Woodpeckers history? Thank you, Sonny. I appreciate it. Uh, it feels great. I'm grateful for the opportunity. Are you surprised to get it? Because I believe you don't have any professional managerial experience. Uh, how did all this opportunity come about? Uh, last year, I was a development coach with the Bowie Street Club and uh, kind of just worked, worked out. Um, I, I didn't really know where I was going to be this upcoming season, um, after we finished the season, I went out to the Dominican Republic and I spent some time out there with a, a lot of our younger guys at the Latin Academy and worked with them with hitting and some defensive work. And um, just the way things shook out, the uh, opportunity became available and you know, I felt like it was it was great. And um, you know, everybody in the organization has been, been uh, straightforward with this transition and I feel like we're going to have a great opportunity in Fayetteville to, to bring a great club there. Has this been sort of a goal to get into the manager side in professional baseball? Um, not necessarily where I was at. Um, I was just in a position that, you know, I was trying to just help guys get better every single day um, and make that my priority. Um, so when it came, became available to be the manager, you know, I felt like I was, I've been around a lot of really good coaches and um, some great managers, and you know I felt like those things that I learned, you know, I can I can bring into the game and hold people accountable and be account be held accountable myself. And um, I just felt like it was a I could an opportunity I couldn't pass up. So I'm really excited to get it rolling there. Oh yeah, certainly. I know last year you worked under Morgan Ensberg, who was the manager with Bowie's Creek, the team that won the Carolina League championship. What what did you get get working with Morgan Innsberg? As Morgan played a lot of years in the major leagues, has had success in his brief time as a manager. What did you get out of Morgan? Morgan was great, man. He's a like you said, he was a big leaguer. You know, anytime you get a guy with his perspective on things, you know, and 
you know, the way he goes about his business and, um, you know, just the energy that he brings and, uh, it's, it's great. You know, I learned a lot of things from him last year and, you know, I wish him, wish him all the, all the best in the future, man. He's, he's a great dude. One, one thing he really stressed from, from what I gather last year was the development part of it. And obviously you were a development coach, but is that your main focus at the class A level? I know the fans themselves, they, they want to win. And, and I know right. the players and coaches want to win, but in the minor leagues, and I think a lot of people don't understand it, especially Class A, the idea is to get the players to improve and get them out of here and move up. So is that going to be your approach with the Woodpeckers? Yeah, you know, if we're developing guys, you know, they're going to be winners. So, you know, I think it all all plays within that same role. You know, if we're, if we're going about our business every day and, Guys, guys have their goals and those things that they need to improve on, and, and they, they make those a priority. And they start getting better, and they reach those goals. We're going to win baseball games, so I think it, it goes hand in hand. Um, and you know, the way that that it kind of shook out last year was, you know, the group that we had starting the season. I think we only had like four guys that ended up starting with us, at the beginning and ending with us. So. You know, whether those whether there were roster moves and then guys got moved up or um, whatever circumstance it was, you know, there's a lot of transition that goes on at that level. And ideally, you want everybody to move up. You know, I don't want I, if, when they're ready. You know, you want guys to be able to have the opportunity to move up, and they're with the goal of getting to the big leagues, and that's what we're trying to do. Is you know, if, if they they develop at the pace that that uh, you know that that takes them to the next level within the same season and it's best for them, you know, those are the moves that we're going to make. So uh, it was, it was a, it was a great experience last year to see that, you know, and to see those guys have success. And then, you know, you have a meeting with them, you call them in and say, Hey, guess what you're doing tomorrow. You're not going to be here, man. <laughs> you're going, <laughs> you're going to Corpus. So it's like, yeah, you know, you're, you know you've had a hand in, in, uh, you know, just facilitating an environment that's, that's allowing them to have success and, you know, they see that success, so it's awesome. Yep, and Corpus Christi, Texas, the home of the double-A team for the Houston yep. Astros. Now, managing versus coaching, that that's a, a little different role. What challenges do you see now that, that you're the manager? I mean, the buck kind of stops there. Yeah, uh, challenges-wise, um, you know, I've thought about it. You know, I think that just being just day-to-day consistent, you know, being able to have the same message, be consistent with this, my message, um, you know, make those roster moves uh, that need to be made in-game, but, you know, also acknowledging and, you know, taking into account, you know, the assistance as, as I was an assistant, you know, just being to have those those open lines of communication are, are huge. Um, so, you know, I think ultimately, yeah, I'm going to have some say, some final say, but, you know, within a good club, you know, there's a lot of open communication that goes on and, um you know, I think that, that coming in with that background of understanding, you know, how how a a functional staff operates, you know, it's like, all right, yeah, I may have final say in a few things, but I kind of know the, the right way to go about it. So, um, you know, I'm looking forward to it. Okay. Tell us a little bit about your baseball background, your playing career and, and, and uh, that, that type of information, because I'm sure folks would be interested in that. Yeah, um, I kind of I played all over the place in the States. I grew up in Oregon, uh, had an opportunity to go play a little bit in California, 
I uh, played junior college baseball in Oregon. Um, ended up playing Division One baseball at New Mexico State University. Uh, after that was over, uh, I was a fifth-year redshirt senior, and it didn't get picked up, didn't get drafted. Uh, ended up playing some independent professional baseball in Joliet, Illinois, to the Slammers. It was a short stint there. And then my coach that I had in college, he, he called me up and he said, hey, man, you know, you, you got a feel for professional baseball. And, um, you know, but we have an opportunity for you to start coaching. And, and they had already kind of known, um, you know, what kind of what uh, the direction I wanted to go. And I just felt like it was huge, you know, coming coming back at 23, starting coaching at Division One school. Mm-hmm. And like and just being around those guys some more, the coaching staff, and having an opportunity to learn and and uh, start to work with some players, it was it was great. It was an opportunity I couldn't pass up, and then I continued with my education there as well while I was coaching. So you know, it was it was great. It was great for for me to get that first year coaching and being like, all right, this is really what it's about, and then really kind of realizing that if this is what I was going to wanted to do, then I was going to have to invest my time into learning and learning how I can most greatly affect the players that I'm around. So that's the direction I went with it. Um, once I started my coaching career and it's worked out well, um, in a sense that I've learned a lot continue to learn and, you know, every opportunity that I've had, I've, I've kind of, gone in full force on it and, and taken everything that I could from it. And and one of those opportunities, if I read the bio correctly, was kind of nearby up in Raleigh at, at Wake Tech. How was that? Yeah. Yeah, man, that was that was great. You know, I, my wife actually got a job out here um, in North Carolina at UNC. Uh, she's brilliant. She works at UNC and does research there. Uh, but I had uh, done all my coursework uh, for my PhD and we... Uh, there's an opportunity came available for her to move out here. And I was like, yeah, you got to do that for sure. UNC is a, a tremendous research and uh, medical area. And they, uh, they had the opportunity for her. So I was like, well, I got my coursework done. If I can find some way to do some, do some of my research out there, we can do that. So I reached out and uh, reached out to the community college and, um, you know, wanted to continue to coach obviously. And, um, you know, if there was an opportunity to work with the guys as research subjects, I was like, man, that's perfect. So that's what worked out. And the people I met out here initially were great. Um, I, I was able to work with that club, and those guys had some success and great players. It was cool to kind of work with that that younger group of guys um, from a little bit different area than I had been used to, you know, North Carolina, a little bit of the South, um, just real real great guys that I, that I got to work with and um you know they made a lot of improvements and it was it was a win-win both ways coming out here so I've enjoyed my time yeah I'm sure you you follow the Eagles closely uh now they they have a a solid program but well, Nate I appreciate your time that's Nate uh Schaefer the new manager of the Fayetteville Woodpeckers we'll be checking in with you throughout the season we appreciate you joining us on call third strike. Awesome. Thank you. Rounding out Shaver's staff will be pitching coach 
Thomas Whitsett, he joins the Astros organization from the University of Arizona, and hitting coach Jason Kanzler, who has been coaching high school baseball in Texas and coached in the Cape Cod Summer League. The Woodpeckers are scheduled to open their season April 4th against the Potomac Nationals in Woodbridge, Virginia. The home opener is set for April 18th against the Carolina Mudcats. In other baseball news, Tom Austin beginning his 40th season as head baseball coach at Methodist University. He has compiled a record of 1,153 wins, 534 losses, and nine ties. His Methodist teams twice have made the NCAA Division III World Series. The Monarchs won the USA South Athletic Conference regular season championship last year and are poised to make another run of the title. The top five run producers are back, led by preseason All-American catcher Alex Kotchler, Weekend starting pitchers Tyler Brown, Tristan Luck, and Seth Beard also return, as does closer Will Walker, looking mighty good for Methodist this season. Now, Methodist is not the only region college team with high expectations. Campbell and UNC Pembroke are coming off NCAA tournament appearances. Campbell rolled through the Big South Conference last season. The Camels lost to Georgia and Duke in the NCAA Division I Athens Regional. Midway High product Matthew Barefoot will again play a major role for Campbell this season. At UNC Pembroke, the Braves have plenty of firepower returning, led by slugger Luke Jackson. Head coach Paul O'Neill is only eight wins shy of 600 with the Braves. UNCP was in the NCAA Division II Southeast Regional the past two seasons. Then there's Fayetteville Tech which begins its junior college baseball program in late February. Lee Troutman is the head coach. The Trojans will play their home games at J.P. Riddle Stadium and play in the tough Region 10 Conference. UNCP opens February 1st at home against Shepard, Methodist at home February 9th against Roanoke, and Campbell February 15th against Maryland in Conway, South Carolina. And hey, before you know it, The high school teams will be getting ready. The Swamp Dogs open in late May for another season of Coastal Plain League Baseball, and the majors will go to spring training pretty soon. That's it for Episode 1 of Call Third Strike. Thanks so much for listening. Hope you'll tune in next week. I'm Sonny Jones. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.